This is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. Amber Smith here with you. The presence of mosquitoes carrying the Zika virus is still prompting travel advisories, and there are a growing number of locally acquired Zika infections in the continental United States, as well as Puerto Rico, Cuba, India, many countries in South and Central America, and a good part of Africa. Here to bring us up to date with Zika and efforts to develop a vaccine is Dr. Stephen Thomas, Professor of Medicine and Chief of the Infectious Diseases Division at Upstate Medical University. Welcome, Dr. Thomas. Thank you very much. Thanks for being here. So let's start with a brief description of um, what Zika is and why it's in the news. I think some people might think it was discovered in Brazil two summers ago, but that's totally not the case, right? That, you're right. That's not the case. So so Zika is the name that they have given to the illnesses that people can develop if they are infected with the Zika virus. Uh, the Zika virus is in a family of viruses known as flaviviruses. Um, okay. they, there's other well-known viruses in that family, uh, such as yellow fever, West Nile virus, the dengue viruses, and Japanese encephalitis virus, to, to name a few. Uh, the virus was actually discovered back in the late uh, the late 40s, and there were sort of uh, stuttering uh, human cases that they uh, um, would document over the next couple of decades. And then it was in around 2007 when the first uh, significant human outbreaks uh, had started. Cases of stuttering? That's what brought it to... No, stuttering cases, meaning they would see, uh, they would see a, a group of people that became ill um, but a small group of people, small, and then okay. there would be nothing for a while, and then they'd see another a group of people become ill, um, and, and that kind of went on for a number of years. But uh, in 2007, in Micronesia, there was a very large outbreak, um, and that, that is sort of when uh, Zika first started to make its appearance as a, as a human pathogen of, of consequence. But the, all the headlines happened a couple years ago in Brazil because there was a, a large epidemic there too, right? Right. So that's really what um, what kind of put Zika on, on the map. And, and the, the primary reason for that is that the, um, the transmission and the number of people infected and the number of adverse outcomes because of infection uh, were just really overwhelming. Um, and, and, you know, that outbreak that started uh, in 20, you know, 2015, um, has uh, prompted people to go back and look at the previous outbreaks, like the outbreak in French Polynesia in 2013, the outbreak in uh, um, uh, Micronesia back in around 2007. Um, so really the, the epidemic in 20, that started in 2015 is what has uh, put Zika on the map and gotten okay. everyone very interested. Do we know uh, everything about how it's spread? We, we, we do not know more than we know. Okay. <laughs> um, so... You know, like a lot of the other flaviviruses, the, probably the primary mode of transmission is when an infected mosquito uh, takes a blood meal um, from a susceptible person, so a person who's not immune to the virus. So, so as, you get bit by a mosquito. Yeah, the, the, the mosquito has the virus uh, inside of it, and as it lands on your skin and probes for a blood source, the virus travels down, uh, gets into your circulation, replicates, and you potentially may become ill. So may become ill. A lot of people don't even know they've been infected because the they have no symptoms, right? Right, right. We believe, in, and this is something we're, we're still actively studying to try and learn more about, but we believe the vast majority of people, about 80% of people who are infected with Zika do not become symptomatic. They don't develop uh, an illness. And so they wouldn't even know they've been infected unless they had a blood test. So there is a blood test that can... There are, yeah. Okay. Um, and then in that remaining 20%, the vast majority of that 20% of people will have a very mild illness. So they'll get fever, 
muscle aches, they might get a rash, their eyes might turn red for a little bit, but they'll, they will recover and they'll be fine. But a small subset of that 20%, um, people can go on to develop very severe neurologic um, problems, uh, things like Guillain-Barre, um, you can have problems with the spinal cord, uh, and in some cases those can be, uh, those can be life-threatening um, you know, adverse outcomes. And then, of course, the most devastating uh, um, uh, clinical outcome that we see is when a fetus is infected in utero. Uh, uh, so the pregnant mother gets infected, the virus passes to the fetus, and then the fe- a lot of uh, abnormalities can occur. Um, We've people... seen the, the videos with the babies with the small heads. and Right, right. So, yeah, so microcephaly is one of the uh, potential um uh, it, it's in it's in a syndrome they they call uh, congenital Zika syndrome, uh, but there's a lot of abnormalities that can that can happen. But microcephaly, so the s- small head, the damaged and small um, brain, uh, there can be um, eye abnormalities, there can be abnormalities in the musculoskeletal system, um, and you know even children that are um, uh, born uh, appearing quote unquote normal, uh, they're finding out that they are having developmental. Um, abnormalities uh, later oh, in that life. That show up later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and I think that most people would agree that we really, um, we're probably looking at the tip of the iceberg in terms of the, uh, you know, the adverse clinical outcomes that Zika can cause. And as these, you know, it's been a few thousand children that have been uh, born to infected mothers and that are having, um, uh, um, you know, these bad outcomes. As they follow them over time, the 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 number of developmental abnormalities is just going to to grow, and so it's really it's really been a devastating uh, disease for that for that. So family. how do we at this point how do prevention is the thing that we're doing now as best we can. How do you prevent yourself from getting a Zika right. infection? Yeah, so you can do things uh, um, that we'd call like personal protective measures. So you can try to. Um, Avoid uh, being in contact with the mosquito. So you can wear long sleeves, uh, long sleeve shirts or or pants. You can um, use DEET or some other mosquito repellent that you put on your skin. Uh, you can try to eliminate potential mosquito breeding sites from around your house. Mm-hmm. So anywhere that there's standing water, uh, mosquitoes can uh, uh, lay eggs and make baby mosquitoes. <laughs> so you want to get rid of standing water. Um, you put screens on the windows. You know anything that can can separate you from the mosquito. But now we yeah. we don't need to do that in Central New York for Zika, though. No, at least not yet. Uh, no, we don't. We don't. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, we actually don't have the mosquito that can but transmit. Someone from here could go to Florida, f- mm-hmm. or absolutely, absolutely. Okay. And you know, in a lot of the places, you know, so it's nice for me to talk about personal protective measures. But in a lot of these places where Zika has. Uh, you know, been uh, been transmitted at a high level. Uh, you know, these are economically disadvantaged um, uh, peoples, and so to say, oh, put screens on and change your wardrobe and do yeah, it's just not yeah. gonna, it's not gonna happen. So you know, uh, governments and ministries of health, um, they are spraying. You may have seen this on the news: the people with the big uh, backpacks and mm-hmm. they're spraying this fog, and you know, they're trying to kill both adult mosquitoes as well as uh, uh, try and kill some of the baby. Um, uh, the baby are developing uh, mosquitoes, but it's really, really difficult uh, for those two things to adequately, uh, those two interventions to adequately control an outbreak like, uh, you know, like what we've seen here. 
Okay, well, I've got some more questions, but first let me remind listeners that this is Upstate's HealthLink on Air, and we're talking with Dr. Stephen Thomas, Professor of Medicine and the Chief of the Infectious Diseases Division at Upstate Medical University, and the topic is Zika. Um, so I want to ask about your background, because you joined Upstate last fall after right. working um, in the Army. Right. So tell me about what your work was Right. There. Yeah. So I was uh, I retired from the uh, the United States Army Medical Corps in October of 2016, and I was an infectious diseases officer. But my my primary mission was not clinical care; it was uh, working at the Walter Reed Army Institute of Research, and um, we call it Rare. And Rare has been around since the late 1800s, and the, the mission of that organization is to protect the UF service member from infectious diseases oh. like <laughs> like Zika. So. Um, we, you know, try to, uh, anticipate what threats might be out there to our deploying forces. And then we try to make countermeasures against those and, and vaccines are, um, I mean, they've been demonstrated in many, uh, in many ways to, to be the best, uh, uh, way to try to protect people from infectious diseases. So, yeah, so in, you know, late 2015, uh, a couple of us had gotten together, um, and, uh, we were kind of reading the writing on the wall that we thought this uh, Zika epidemic was really going to take off and that it was going to place service members at, at risk, not only deploying service members, but, um, you know, service members who are permanently stationed in places where Zika was being uh, transmitted sure. to include female service members of childbearing age. So, um, yeah, so we started to, uh, we started to work on developing uh, potential prototype vaccines. Uh, and then we were very fortunate that um, uh, Colonel Nelson Michael, who, uh, really spends most of his time doing HIV vaccine development. Um, he was working on the on the Zika vaccine project, and and one of his colleagues, Dr. Dan Baruch, who's at uh, um, Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center, um, Dan was also working on Zika uh, vaccines at the same time. And so, a single phone call on one afternoon uh, created the uh, uh, the collaboration, and we were able to. You know, we were able to take a couple of prototypes and and do some of the very early what we call preclinical, so pre-human um, work, and move very fast and you know demonstrate sort of proof of concept that this vaccine might potentially um, have some clinical benefit. Uh, Does it have people. a name or, or yeah, something? Yeah, it's uh, ZPIV uh, is one of the names. So Zika purified and activated virus uh, vaccine. So that's where you take you take the virus, you kill the virus, purify it, and uh, uh, and then you can deliver it as a vaccine, and like a shot, like a, like a flu shot yeah, or something. Yeah, okay. yeah. And I mean, we we chose that construct for a number of reasons. Uh, the first is that we knew that um, women of childbearing age and potentially pregnant women would be the at least initial focus of vaccine development uh, efforts, and that is a special population in terms of. Um, uh, making sure that you have as safe a product as possible. And so we don't like to give live virus vaccines right. to, to pregnant women. So um, so that was one reason. The other is that we had experience with this. So the Japanese encephalitis vaccine that's licensed in the United States right now, um, that is a, a, a JEPIV, so Japanese encephalitis purified and activated vaccine. And we had invented that and developed it with a corporate, uh, with a corporate partner. And so we kind of, and you remember me saying Japanese encephalitis is also a flavivirus. Right. So we've kind of had some so experience. Yeah, yeah. So we had some experience with this um, in the past. 
So, so how, yeah. how does it work when it when it goes in the body? What does it do in the body? Yeah. So um, when it goes in the body, the body's ideally, <laughs> first of all, it would be safe, and so you wouldn't have any adverse reactions to um, to the uh, to the mother or yeah, the to, to fetus the antigen. or yeah. yeah. But ideally, the um, you, it would be safe. You would not become sick, but the body's immune system would remember that it had seen uh, that part of the Zika virus previously, and it would create an, a, an immune response uh, to that. So that, and it would remember that it had seen that. So that then let's say you go on your cruise, you go on your vacation somewhere, and a mosquito infected with Zika virus lands and bites you, the virus would enter your body, and the immune system would wake up and say, we've seen this virus before, send out the troops, and the body's immune system would um, basically defeat the virus and not allow the virus to replicate. Um, so the person wouldn't even know that, that this would was be going ideal. on? That would be ideal. I mean, so that's, I mean, that's the ideal goal is you want to make a vaccine that will uh, completely neutralize the virus so that the person doesn't even know they've been infected, they don't become sick. But, you know, another potential benefit of vaccines and, you know, I think people sometimes think of vaccines in a qualitative way. You know, it's either all or none. It either, you know, it either protects completely or it doesn't protect at all. But it's it's more of a spectrum. And so, you know, I personally believe that if, if you could develop a vaccine that could attenuate or lessen the severity of the disease, that that's a valuable public health tool. Um, so if, if you could develop a vaccine that, you know, reduced the likelihood or reduced the severity of a congenital defect, that would be an important be, public health wow, contribution. It's fascinating. Know? So, well, I'm afraid we've run out of time. Um, this has been Amber Smith talking about the Zika virus and efforts to find a vaccine with Dr. Stephen Thomas, a professor of medicine and chief of the Infectious Diseases Division at Upstate Medical University for Upstate's HealthLink on Air.